Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. This week on the podcast, I'm answering all of your big questions. I put out a little post on Instagram last week and asked you if you could ask me anything, what would it be? And I got so many questions. I'm going to do my best to get through as many of these as possible, but they range from cyclical health to business. And at the very end, I'll talk about some personal updates since many of you have been asking especially about my relationship. So we're going to hold nothing back here today and just go into everything. So the last couple of weeks have been amazing. Not only have I been working with my one-on-one clients, so many of them are seeing such big changes in their cycles, especially over the last month here, but I've also been really immersed in period reboot. So if you missed the doors open for that, it's okay. You can get on the waiting list in the link in the show notes or to go to CassandraWilder.com slash period. It's a self-guided five-week course, and we are just starting week two this week, and already people are so eagerly sharing their stories around their cycles. We're talking about amazing layers of cyclical health that people just don't know about. There's new research coming out that's showing more and more incredible wisdom about how our bodies work, and we've been having so much fun. So that's been such an exciting uh, change or update here in my life, helping so many people balance their periods and find harmony in their cycle for maybe the first time in their entire life. So with that being said, let's just move right into the biggest cyclical questions that I got on Instagram. Some of these are really, really good. I shouldn't say some, they're all really good. Some are just more complex than others. Let's start with a simple one. So someone asked, is it normal if you miss a period? So what I'm guessing she means is if you skip a whole period in a month and your cycle's like 60 days and then it comes back. So while I would say this does happen to some women, I wouldn't say that it's normal. So it's been normalized in our culture, but it's not necessarily something we want to just shrug off. So there's always an underlying reason in the body as to why we would skip a cycle. And so whether that's stress, maybe that person was traveling a lot, maybe there is a hormonal change, maybe they got off of birth control in the last six months, there's always something deeper beneath it. So I would get a little closer and look at the why. What could the body be telling us? If it's just a one-time thing, it may not be such a big deal. But if our cycles are also consistently fairly irregular or if we have other symptoms, then yes, it's definitely something we'd want to look deeper at. Someone asked, how can I boost my libido naturally? Now, there's a couple layers to this. At some point, I may do a full podcast episode on this. So if you'd like me to do that, send me a message on Instagram at menstruationqueen and let me know that you want a full podcast on this subject. But On a physical level, if we feel like our libido is low, this comes back to our hormones, and it's essential to make sure we're actually ovulating every single month. So if we are ovulating, there should be a natural surge of estrogen, which would increase our sexual desire. But if we have imbalanced hormones, or if we've been on birth control, say, for a prolonged amount of time, then it's very, very common for us to simply lose that desire. So we'd want to look at what's going on specifically with estrogen and progesterone, and is there something we need to support there to get that zest back. But with libido, there's also a deep emotional layer. So to someone that would, uh, say, bring this up in a consultation, we're in the safe container, and so I would maybe ask more questions like, in your relationship, do you feel safe and connected? 
Do you feel connected to yourself? Do you have a a deep inner love for self? Because if not, or if we feel dry or depleted by life, this tends to manifest into a loss of libido. So some spiritual teachers and things in like Tantra talk about libido being a connection to purpose or a connection to life force energy. And so again, depends on what layer you want to take. I think both are very significant. So are the hormones balanced? That's important, but also... Are you connected to self? Do you have a good relationship with your partner? Are you trying to force something that intuitively you know is out of alignment? So there's more layers to that and that's something that you can marinate on. A really good question I got is what should we do about chronic reoccurring yeast infections? And this is a struggle so many people have. I've had a number of clients over the years really struggle with yeast infections. And the extraordinary thing is, is with correct support, they can clear up fairly easily. I have a client right now that has struggled with reoccurring UTIs for years. So for over five years, up to once a week, she would have a UTI. And I understand that's different than a yeast infection, but same kind of thing. Something's out of balance. There's a bacteria or a yeast that's in excess that's causing these issues. And my friends, you wouldn't believe it. Within one month of working together, this thing that she's been struggling with for five years hasn't come back. Obviously, I'm going to continue to support her and make sure that that is the long-term thing that happens. But wow, how amazing is that with the right support, the body really responds. And this is after five years of doing antibiotics up to once a week. So just, just food for thought, right? So what about a yeast infection? So there's something out of balance in there. So there is a pH imbalance. The yeast could be too high. There could also be a bacterial imbalance. Something is off. And so where do we begin? Oftentimes when we have a yeast infection in one area, it's manifesting from other areas of the body as well. So one question I would ask a client, say, that was struggling with yeast infections is, what is your gut health like? Because likely they also struggle with bloat or they find that they're constipated a lot or there's something else going on with excess yeast in the gut. And so then we can start to address that. So we do a nourishing gut protocol to start to rebalance the yeast count and support bacterial levels, make sure there's no underlying viruses in the body. That's really essential. For something that you can physically do or something that's maybe more external, vaginal steaming is really lovely for yeast infections as well. Another question was if we started our periods early at like the age of 12 or 13, Is that bad or will that affect our future? And honestly, I believe those are healthy ages to start a period. I wouldn't say that's early, so no worries there. Is spotting when you ovulate a concern? So here's kind of an unfiltered opinion about this. So there's no research in this area, unfortunately, and medical studies say that they have no idea why this happens for some women. There's literally like, if you Google it right now, this is exactly what you will find. People say they have no idea why it happens. It happens for some people, so it's probably okay. So if I look a little bit deeper into this, though, some people do say that it may be connected to conditions like fibroids. So if you have other symptoms alongside this, it would be worth it just going to see a doctor. Um, But others say it also may be a sign of low estrogen. And we want our estrogen to be nice and high around ovulation. So if it's a bit low, it's possible that spotting will occur. When I've had clients that have had this as a struggle, usually when we start to rebalance their cycle and get them more in harmony with their cycle throughout the month, they don't spot at ovulation anymore. That's just what I've seen. Again, though, there's no research per se that says this is a problem. So is is it a, a bad thing? Not necessarily. However, typically with deeper support, it does naturally go away. So you can interpret that how you want. 
Um, the last question for cycles is what is the best thing to do to help with brown spotting before and after menstruation? So it's not necessarily a bad thing to have that brown spotting before or after your cycle. Usually that's just old blood or blood that is oxidized. So it's typically not a concern. However, if it's in unison with a variety of other conditions, then yes, it could mean something deeper. If we're talking just this, it's not a big deal. One thing that can help a lot that you would do at the non-bleeding times of the month is vaginal steaming. Uh, I did a whole episode on that. You can go through the podcast. Jeez, it was probably like 50 podcasts ago now. We've done a lot of podcasts here. But that will show you how you can actually get started with vaginal steaming. Or if you're in period reboots, you get a whole bonus module on the exact how-to of vaginal steaming. It's extraordinary. So vaginal steaming is really nice for helping the womb naturally detox. And that way, that'll support our menstrual cycle in actually flushing out all that excess blood and maybe, maybe... Uh, preventing as much of the spotting before or after. So that was really fun. Those were all the cycle questions. Those were really, really good ones. Let's transition to business. So I got two business questions. The first one is what is advice would you give to someone that's interested in a similar career in natural or holistic healing? This is such a good question. So what I would say is to focus on the things you love and follow your inspiration forward in that way. So for example, if you love nutrition, if dietetics is really fascinating to you, then I would say leap into that. So find a training that resonates with you and your perspective on it. So that's another thing. While I went to the University of Utah to do my undergrad in nutrition and health, I quickly found that my perspective on health and nutrition was very different to the very uh, mainstream, we could say, approach to health and nutrition. I don't believe in the food guide pyramid. I know, shocking. And a lot of the approaches there were so, geez, how would I even describe it? Just so watered down that I thought this is so pointless for me because I don't believe in any of that. So I would just say find the one area, whether it's nutrition or movement uh, or being a full naturopathic doctor or whatever, find the schooling or the option that resonates with your beliefs around it so that you're not having to memorize facts and things that you don't believe in just to get a certification. And then once you have that, find your own niche or find the area that you love and specialize in that. So that's the thing. A lot of people stay so broad in what they do and then they wonder why they struggle to connect with the kind of people they want to work with. There's a million nutritionists out there. There's a million yoga teachers or movement specialists. There's so many naturopathic doctors. So what can you specialize and really become a master in so that you can really provide value? The second question I got about business is, what is the best business and menstrual cycle strategy? So I have so much to say about this. (laughs) A lot of you know that I'm a huge proponent for planning your business and your cycle together. Especially if, like me, in the past you've struggled with burnout and overworking yourself, working yourself until you're sick, then this is really, really essential. When you combine them together, everything blossoms. So when you look at your full monthly cycle, you have peak times of the month of productivity, peak times of the month to do more internal tasks, better times to be extroverted and do more like interviews, better times to do back-end stuff like emails and course creation. And your cycle really gives you the blueprint so that you're doing it in the most maximized productive way. Yes, you technically could do a podcast interview any time of the month, but wouldn't it be ideal to know the perfect time of the month when that's going to be so much easier for you and when truly physiologically your brain 
is activated in more of a social center, right? So if this is intriguing to you, or if you're new in business or very established in business, but find that you have a hard time really feeling fulfilled throughout the month because you're working so incredibly hard and not feeling like you have any time to rest or take care of yourself, you're going to want to go to the link in the show notes and go to the waiting list for Cyclical Business. I'll be launching this in a couple months and it will be an amazing group container where we'll be diving into how exactly to plug your business into your cycle so that you can watch everything flourish with so much ease. People ask me what my quote secret is to do what I do and this is it. So there you go. (laughs) The secret is out, uh, but the link is in the show notes. If you want to get on the waiting list for that, people on the waiting list will get a special discount. Okay, now you're all ready. You're asking the personal questions. So let's go through these. Um, So the first one that I got a lot of was, Cassandra, how is your relationship going? If you didn't listen to the interview I did with my partner two weeks ago, you're in for such a treat. Go back and listen to it. I think most of you, though, that are avid listeners definitely already listened to that one. And it was so much fun. And as you could hear in that interview, not only is he a beautiful human with such a, such a great presence and such great, um, great tools and resources to offer, but we also have such an ease together and our ability to just flow and have fun and really be in this, this beautiful energy together is so easy. So our relationship's going amazing. We are excitingly preparing for the future and um, so many amazing things. I'll share more about it on Instagram as things manifest, but we are doing amazing. We're very in love and I am so grateful. So another question I got quite a bit was how and why did you become a naturopathic doctor or what was the big inspiration for you to do that? It's such a such a deep question, but I'll try to condense it here. I always knew that I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor. I knew from the time I was 12 or 13 that that was what I wanted to be. I always had that clarity. Um, And I saw that for a number of reasons. One, I was disillusioned from a very young age with the allopathic approach, which is if you exhibit these symptoms, this is obviously what you have and this is the only option to fix it, which is, you know, it will be a, a pharmaceutical or a steroid or a pill or whatever. And so as a kid, my specific things that were a big struggle for me, things like chronic eczema and then later very irregular periods, thyroid issues, I found that in all those scenarios, I didn't get quite the support that I needed. And so while I was kind of getting the runarounds and continuing to try these different things and being what I felt like a, a guinea pig, I started to feel like that just wasn't the right approach. Like there was nothing personalized about it. And I wondered why there was such a disconnect from traditional healing practices. And so I read all my mom's diet books and I was so fascinated by nutrition and how the body worked and what things provided healing, what things created disease. And so I always knew I wanted to do that. As I said earlier, I went to do my undergrad in health and nutrition and I was very disillusioned by that because as I shared, it was very health, uh, like food guide pyramid oriented. I think that's just the easiest way to describe it. And so while it didn't really resonate, I did follow through with that. And then when I went to travel, I learned about a naturopathic school. And that's what really spoke to me. It finally felt like this big dream I'd had for most of my life was within reach. And so I did it and I jumped in with both feet and it was amazing. And the community I cultivated was incredible. And just to be around other people that I felt like thought the same way as me was so special. And it was through all of that that I dabbled with a few different things with thyroid health and gut health and cyclical health and hormone health and skin health. And, you know, you just kind of 
have fun dabbling in all different areas and ultimately found that hormone health and cyclical health was absolutely the most fascinating thing to me and also where there was the greatest gap in mainstream education and information. So it's been amazing. So I truly feel like this was always the path I was meant to take in some capacity. On that note, someone asked, what made you decide to work online versus in a clinical setting as an ND? That's an interesting question. I had to think about that. So when I graduated as a naturopath, I knew that I didn't want to continue to live where I was. And I was in a relationship that was definitely overdue to finish and uh, just felt like everything was pushing me to leave and to find a new place to live and find a new start. And so I didn't really know where I was going. I felt very aimless and aloof. I had the certification, but I didn't really know what to do with it. I had built up a client base where I lived, but I decided that I wanted to do some deep inner healing and find myself a little bit more before I settled down anywhere. I ended up driving my forerunner from Michigan to Alaska and down through Canada and back into the lower 48s. And I took my time and I allowed it to be a very um, healing, gentle journey for myself. And so that was the exterior reason as to why I chose to make it an online setting because I had all these clients that I'd cultivated but I was leaving and I was going online. And so I thought the only way for me to maintain these relationships is to provide an online option. And then later, once I did settle in um, in Utah, I decided that I really liked this flow and I really liked the ability to connect with people all over the world. I've had clients in the Netherlands and Australia, New Zealand and Aruba and Britain and Canada and every corner of the US you can imagine. And I love that. I love that fluidity and flexibility in it and so I just continue to do that. I really, really enjoy it. Do you still experience menstrual cramps, pain, PMS, etc., or is it all healed now? I'm really glad someone asked this question because this is probably a big misconception. It's easy for all of us to look online, to look at someone that we feel like has it all together, right? And to almost idolize them or pedestal them and think that that they must have it all figured out. And so sometimes, yes, there are months where my menstrual cramping is a little bit worse or when the pain is a little more intense. However, what I will say is usually I know the trigger in the month that created that. So by far, my cycle is a night and day difference from what it used to be because of the diligence and the the research and the hard work I've put into rebalancing it. However, yes, there are some months where I'm extra crampy and it's it's always a beautiful reminder um, or I guess a humbling experience to remember what many people experience all the time. So for example, this last month, my cycle was crampier than normal. And it was shocking in some ways, but I was able to trace back what it came from. And that was what I believe from camping so much. And when I was camping, I was eating a lot more processed food. So while it was quote organic or healthy, it was still prepackaged and it wasn't my normal diet. And so I think because of the abundance of refined carbs and dairy, that manifested into a more painful period. So yes, we all have months that are crampier. We all have months we feel a little PMS and a little cranky, and that's okay. It's part of the learning process, but as a whole, yes, it is so much more balanced than it was 10 years ago. What would you tell your teenage self if you could go back in time? This is a good question. I think what I would say to that version of myself is uh, that she needs to release the idea of what she thinks she needs to be and to just live for herself. 
I really felt like I had this model in my mind of what a healthy life is supposed to be. I thought I needed to go to college and work really hard and get a good job and then probably get married and then buy a house. And I guess then I was supposed to be really happy. And as I started to move through those things that I was taught would make me happy and fulfilled, I felt so empty. It wasn't what I wanted to do and it felt very suffocating because it wasn't the right thing for me at that time. I needed to learn who I was and I needed to find uh, find myself, I guess we could say. That's ultimately what led me to quit all of that and buy a one-way ticket and travel. And that was the greatest experience of my life. And I think if anyone ever has the opportunity to do that, to take it. So what I would tell her is stop living for what you think you're supposed to do. Trust the process, take risks. That was a deep question. (laughs) And the final question is, do you use birth control? No, I do not use any hormonal birth control. What I do exclusively is what I call cycle tracking. It's similar to the fertility awareness method where you are tracking your symptoms throughout the month. So your cervical nectar, or we could also say your discharge, your temperature, and your cervix position. And I use that exclusively, and I have for almost a decade, to prevent pregnancy. So if done correctly, it's very, very accurate. Some studies show it's up to 99% accurate Um, But like any birth control, you have to do it all the way, right? You can't kind of sort of do it. So yes, I am a huge proponent for that. And no, birth control, I should say hormonal birth control did not work for me and my body. And I'm really grateful to have had this nudge to find a better option for me. All right. Those are all the questions we have time for today. That was really, really fun. I'll do another one of these here in about a month. So stay tuned on my Instagram if you want to submit a question. I appreciate all of you so much. I appreciate all of you that send me DMs and connect with me. I'm grateful for all of you that are in Period Reboot and all my beautiful, amazing clients that are just doing amazing things with their cycles and their health overall. I'm really so grateful to call this my work. So thank you for being part of this community, for doing all this with me, for tuning in this week. Wow. It's just, it's such an honor. Okay, beautiful friends. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony. Until next time.